It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, all the people here at Crawford Broadcast. Oh, Echo. I didn't want to forget Echo. All the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Monday to you, producer Steve. A marvelous Monday to you, and it's even better because your guest. It's a Brad Beck Monday. You always get an award. You are uh, here. It's great to have you, and we're going to be ta- we're going to be talking about humor. We are, yeah, and it's a great day, and it's great being live and being here in Colorado with you, Kim. And I always love uh, having this opportunity to talk to a great audience that you have listening it, daily. It is. It's a great audience, and uh, it's growing, which is great. And uh, I, I think uh, with all the headlines out there, a little humor, a little hope is a good thing. Well, you know, it's a little mental vacation that we all need to take daily because uh, the stuff keeps coming at us faster and faster, and if you yeah. got to smile, a little bit of humor, you can get through that day. Yeah, and, you know, it is, uh, well, in your piece, we'll talk about it here in the third or fourth segment, but a smile is infectious. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, anytime you look at the mirror, I personally laugh like heck. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and you've got to laugh at yourself, and you've got to laugh at the things that are happening every day around us because uh, sometimes if you don't laugh you you spend too much time dwelling in the usual substance so you got to look forward and you got to have a positive attitude well producer steve he has a great sense of humor and i will (laughs) from time to time i'll get these memes that you come across and americans are so funny i got a boatload for you i just got (laughs) overnight they are excellent okay (laughs) and they they just they just make you giggle so that's good but check out our website that's kim munson m-o-n-s-o-n.com sign up for our weekly newsletter there and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, or opportunity, or their lives via force, whether with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or, and we, my gosh, we're seeing this big time, the World Economic Forum, Davos, the globalist elite's agenda. And Brad, on the way in, I was thinking about it. This didn't just happen. They really started this back in the 90s. Oh, I, I would say even longer than that. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and study the progressive era mm-hmm. and the ideas that are there that you can create a better man. Well, I think our creator made pretty good man and women and you know they've always been trying to perfect us and our society well it sounds good but human nature is human nature 
human nature, and it's constant from generation to generation. Yeah. And uh, Mark in Black Forest, one of our listeners, said he's um, he said I can no longer use the word progressive because there's nothing <laughs> progressive about it. Uh, and that's the thing: this whole war on, or this whole battle for the narrative. Uh, and so um, he said, you can use collectivist. Yeah. I kind of like that better. Yeah. No, mm. absolutely. It's, it defines those folks who want to do things in a way that, you know, we as individuals look at and go, no, I'm going to go the other way because I don't think that's the right way to go. And uh, I was going to... And you got to have your head on a swivel and make fun of them because they can't handle the humor. They, they can't. Yeah. They have no sense of humor whatsoever, so... You know, uh, not to horn in here, but I got... Um, I don't know, I'm not even sure how I got an email from the Babylon Bee, of all things. <laughs> Which, that's what they do. They poke mm-hmm. fun. And last, somewhere in the recent past, the last week or two, they had a contract with a provider for all their email services. And they got an email from that provider and saying, we, we can't deal with you guys anymore. We're canceling your contract. And within a half hour, they realized their email was down. Wow. Huh. And they had a scramble to get another email provider set in place and change all their stuff around. But when you say they don't have a sense of humor, <laughs> they oh, <yeah>. don't. <laughs> That's definitely for sure. So uh, let's see. I, I did want to mention we d- had two essays in this um, this last newsletter as well as a new um, podcast. And the podcast is with Lisa Bennett. And she's a frequent guest on the show. Typically, we talk about rural issues, but she's really been delving into election manipulation, election fraud. And so we went through it and uh, talked about where there's vulnerabilities. And she's done a great job on that. So check out that podcast. And then our two essays. And I, I learned something about this. Brad, I've been pretty ambivalent about marijuana, about cannabis. But Pam Long, uh, she's a frequent guest as well, former captain in the Army Medical Service Corps. She's written a very interesting piece, What Conservatives Need to Know About Medical Cannabis. And I learned a lot. So that is one of the essays there. And then um, Jen Gibbons wrote uh, an essay on the teachers' union is politicizing our schools. And they have been very involved in the Cherry Creek School District. And you can you believe this? Cherry Creek School District, that used to be the primo. People would try to move into Cherry, the Cherry Creek School District. They're going to get rid of uh, valedictorian here in a few years. Wow. Well, you know, just like your uh, listener talked about Black Force and not using progressive anymore, uh, I would say that they're not public schools. They're government-run schools. And to me, that's where their mindset is, is that they want obedient little children to go along so they can put them in the little boxes or squares that they want to put them in. And creativity and innovation and thinking outside of the proverbial box, yeah. I like to say. Reading, writing, of, arithmetic. <laughs> who'd thought, you know, yeah. cursive, things of that I, nature. Reading the, the ancient wisdom of Aristotle and those who came before and observe things. And that's what comedy is, is it's observing things yes. and seeing how funny people are. Yeah, and, and we are funny. Oh, go to an airport and just sit there and watch people <laughs> go up and down the aisle. I mean, <laughs> We are funny, for yeah. sure. Okay, so, um, yeah, to that point, our kids are falling behind. Yes. And, and what I am seeing is that in, they're using, there's only a finite amount of, of um, minutes in the school day. And instead of teaching what you just mentioned they have been over sexualizing our children which i'm very concerned about 
And then this critical race theory, looking at children as part of a group instead of the valued little individual that they are. Yeah. And uh, so that's uh, really excellent. And it's, she, she makes the case it's the teacher unions that are behind this. And uh, so that's who'd have a thought. Yeah, who, who would have <laughs> yeah, thunk it for sure. Uh, wanted to mention our America's Veteran Stories that we broadcast yesterday uh, was, is with 99 year old, part two, 99 year old Fred Weiss. He um, uh, threw, flew 35 missions. He was a B 17 bomber pilot and he th- uh, flew 35 missions over Europe. And great interview. And uh, so be sure and check that out. And uh, that's uh, we actually broadcast three America's Veterans stories each weekend. The newest one, three to four, on Sundays. Then a past one, ten to eleven on Sundays, and then one ten to eleven on Saturdays. And Kim, you do a great service to us and our country by doing that, because those folks who are greatest generation, those folks who really put their life on the line. They were the vanguard of why we have freedom today. And uh, you don't get enough credit for that. So I want my hats off for you for doing that. It is my honor. It is truly, truly my honor. We'll talk about uh, Colonel Rutledge when we get over here to your your segments. Um, Because we were going to be talking about humor the other night. Oh, I know why. Because when I was out interviewing Fred Weiss, he said that uh, World War II, he was walking along someplace and he, he looked up and I think the guy was a captain, I think. And he's like, I recognize that guy. Well, it was Red Skelton. Awesome. So I'm, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm, we're going to talk about both the quotes very quickly. First one is, was Red Skelton. He was an American entertainer best known for his national radio and television shows between 1937 and 1971. Can you believe that? And uh, he was uh, the host of the Red Skelton Show. He was born in 1913. He died in 1997. This is the first quote. He said, I, I've put on a lot of weight. I only weighed six and a half pounds when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> That's what food will do. <laughs> That's what food will do. And then I, I love this. Television. The device that that brings into your living room characters you would never allow in your living room. Right, exactly. <laughs> and there are some characters. There are some characters for sure. Uh, I think the one um, headline, Steve, that you really wanted to go through, and it looks to me like they're going to try to ramp up uh, the whole COVID scare again, and now they're trying to do something with this monkeypox. I saw a headline that a child in L.A. had come down with monkeypox. I think there's a handful of cases throughout the whole country but um it looks to looks to us like they're going to try to ramp that up i'm very concerned about what that might mean for the election steve well let's see last week uh clay travis buck sexton were talking about this thing in terms of ramping it up again and one of them said well they have no choice they've got to do it prior to the uh the midterms yeah keep people stirred up keep keep them off base and how many things did we cover last week? The fact that the government signed another, inked another contract with Pfizer. Was it $3.2 billion? It was a bunch. It you had to be in it. For yeah. more vaccine. It, just after letting 85 million doses expire. So yeah. you like say, who's in control of this? Yeah. And then that, that takes us to this headline. This is by Zachary Stiber at the Epic Times. The headline is uh, Burks. Remember Deborah Burks, the scarf lady? Oh, yeah. She says COVID-19 vaccines were never going to protect against the infection. <laughs> well, then why? 
<laughs> there are a bunch of monkeys. <laughs> I guess so. so <laughs> or a barrel of monkeys. So here, if, if, if the feature or the hour is humor, here we go. I mean, here we are laughing. Yeah. Yep. It's not funny, though, because uh, no. it's not funny because uh, we're seeing effects of that. Um, let's see here. Let's go to break. Uh, before we do that, though, the show comes to you because I have great sponsors. One of those is Liberty Toastmasters great partner of mine. We're both Liberty Toastmasters. As well as Hooters Restaurants, they have five locations. That's Loveland, Aurora, Lone Tree, Westminster, and Colorado Springs. They've got these great hamburger specials Monday through Friday. And uh, so be sure and check that out. They're $11. And um, just really, they really are yummy. But they became uh, sponsors of mine. It's a real interesting story. We decided to put that on the website. And it's really a story, Brad, about capitalism and free markets and freedom. And so I'm really, it's great to have them as partners. And you know the story. Oh, and they have great food, too. <laughs> they have great food, too, yes. And a lot of TVs. That's right. And um, just it's just a great place to get together with friends. So, hey, we're going to go to break. And as I mentioned, uh, Lisa Bennett and I did a podcast at the end of last week. And she's really delved into where there's the potential for election manipulation and election fraud. And we must assure ourselves that we have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections. And there has been some concern regarding this last primary. And Ron Hanks was running for U.S. Senate, and he's on the line. We're going to talk with him in the second segment about what's going on. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss it. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. In a healthcare setting, informed consent provides that you, the patient, will have a say in your healthcare plan. This collaboration between you and your healthcare provider applies to most medical procedures, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risks, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Informed consent is not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Ron Hanks. He is a representative here at the State House in Colorado, as well as uh, was a candidate for uh, U.S. Senate. And we just um, had the primaries back in June. Uh, Ron Hanks, welcome to the show. Well, good morning, Kim. How are you today? I am well. Uh, 
So what is going on here? I hear that there's uh, seven candidates that are trying to organize for a recount. Is that is that correct? Actually, I don't know the number, Kim, but there is an effort underfoot to uh, to do a, a recount, and uh, we are certainly working for a hand recount rather than a uh, system uh, recount using the same equipment that uh, that we deem suspect in the first place. So, um, but yeah, there was an event last night in El Paso County to. Uh, kind of bring attention to this uh, effort and to uh, do a little bit of fundraising. The the uh, numbers, the costs at the state uh, level are, um, well, in, in my case and in uh, Tina Peters' case, uh, we got a, an estimate back from the Secretary of State's office of uh, nearly $237,000. And some of these El Paso candidates want to be part of it as well. And uh, so, so there's an effort underfoot to, to help them with their with their cause. Okay, so two hundred and thirty-seven thousand—that's per race, though. Two hundred thirty-seven for you, and two hundred thirty-seven for a recount for Peter's race as well. Correct? Yeah, yeah. We we mused briefly because there's nothing really funny about uh, lack of election integrity, but. Uh, they had it down to uh, it was officially two hundred and thirty six thousand two hundred and seventy nine and thirty seven cents. So we did remark that these people don't know what's inside their systems, don't know how insecure they are, don't acknowledge that there were violations and security risks uh, indicated by the federal government on the third of June of this year, no less, and yet somehow. They've got the expertise to uh, to narrow down the cost of a recount to two decimal places. So uh, we we found that a little bit. That's that's about their best expertise at this point. Wow. Now, um, why why um, what you know why are you asking for a hand recount? Well, we saw some anomalous uh, efforts there, behaviors in the in the numbers. Uh, my case is an easy one uh, because it was a two-person race, um, but what what we saw, and we ended up seeing it in other states uh, that had primaries ahead of ours, uh, is a front load of of uh, ballots, and they got the count to, in my case, uh, 55-45, and then uh, for the rest of the night, um, until the so-called end of the contest, uh, we split the vote 50 percent, 50 percent. In other words, the lines climbed right out of the gate to, uh, uh, say, a 10-point gap. But then the, the gap between them never changed, which means you have to get 50 percent on each side of the race all the way to the end. And that is statistically unlikely, and we saw it many times over in Colorado, and we've seen it in other states. So it's uh, suggestive of manipulation and a, a control element there. So that's what we want to look for. So a hand recount, would that be people actually looking at the ballots and counting them? Is that what that means, Ron? Yeah, that's the that's the effort, and uh, also the envelopes, uh, front and back of the envelopes, uh, so that... W- uh, we can get an idea. Of course, they are at that 
at this point in the effort, they're not associated. Once the uh, the ballots are removed from the envelope, uh, you, you don't have uh, continuity, but that's not what we're looking for. We're just looking for uh, validity in both stacks, and they are required by federal and state law to keep the um, th- that evidence, uh, the remnants of the election for 22 or 25 months, depending on the statute. So you would want to make sure that you would have the same number of ballots as envelopes, correct? Well, yeah, and there's other things that uh, they'd be looking for, you know, uh, to check in validity, check in, uh, you know, and then that's where canvassing ends up coming in. Because to be candid with you, Kim, this we got multiple problems in our election system. We knew this before the primary, but... Our voter rolls in Colorado are an absolute mess, right. and uh, one of the the biggest things we've seen have, and and had reports on are, um, it, you know, houses getting five or eight ballots, and uh, and what we have concerns about now, among other things, is uh, the return process for those for those ballots is a little bit um well it, it it does not have a chain of custody like you do with a certified letter um they make it back to the local post office as an example and then uh, they usually get sent to either colorado springs or denver for processing to get back to the to the regional county clerk's office but there is no count or custody that's a lot of ballots in the uh, system being handled, uh, being unchecked, that can be inserted, and that's that's one of the bigger elements. I I have to be candid, Kim. Uh, you know, I put in two bills uh, in the state legislature here in 2022 uh, to try to improve election integrity, and. Uh, I was more concerned at the time about mail-in balloting because I find that uns- uh, very unsecure. Um, but now I'm seeing problems with mailing out the ballots as well. And I think, frankly, as we tear this apart and, and, and look at the forensics of it, that's going to be an issue. I think there may be a good case made for going down on election day, getting a ballot that is, has anti-counterfeit measures on it, such as watermarks and uh, holograms, just like our currency does, and, um, and you fill it out. There may be a practice ballot in the, in the voter guide that they mail to you, but uh, we're finding there's a lot of avenues to uh, impact the vote. And, uh, you know, the left is is motivated to get the voter numbers up but they don't seem too motivated to uh whether or not the votes are valid they're just mostly proud of high numbers Mm -hmm. but that gives them a lot of opportunity to manipulate Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and again i would recommend that people go back and listen to this new uh podcast that lisa bennett and i did because she really jumped she really you know, um, breaks it down where there's the risk regarding the tabulation election machines and then uh, the mail-in ballots and the voter rolls. Those three things are a place where we really have vulnerabilities. And quite frankly, Ron, if we don't have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections here in America, 
um, we really don't have a country. And so that that brings me to this $236,279.37. Um, right. I do find that somewhat humorous also. Uh so could you have, let's say that there's somebody that um, has deep pockets and is concerned about the integrity of our elections. Can they just write a check for that? Well, it has to go um, through the um, uh, candidates' accounts. Uh, and so that was the effort yesterday in uh, El Paso County. And uh, there is an, an organization put together that has kind of bundled everybody's account on a website and then people can uh, can throw a, throw a few bucks towards the effort. It is coloradorecount.com and the the candidates are on there. Uh, and, and I would urge everybody to uh, support any of the El Paso candidates because uh, uh, it's not a secret now that uh, we'll make a push in, in El Paso County. Um, there, there are other other persons interested elsewhere, um, but right now we'll we'll focus there, and um, that's that's the uh, the wedge we have. Uh, once we find anomalies there, uh, we can move forward elsewhere. Okay, so I'm over here on uh, Colorado Recount. The thing that I so what this means is is that the, the contributions will be subject to campaign finance limits, correct? Yes, that is uh, that is correct, and uh, we have a couple of candidates, or at least one, I should correct myself, that uh, is uh, self-funding on this, so that that'll make that uh, uh, go a little smoother. Um, but yeah, campaign limits, and um, I can't tell you what they are, whether it's two hundred or four hundred bucks at uh, at some of the state level, and then you get into the the um, statewide races and it's it's different okay uh, and so to that point then um it, it's not that somebody with deep pockets could come in and uh, fund this two hundred thirty-six thousand. when does this money need to be raised well there is a question on that too because uh you know we've we've put the we are in the process right now um but i guess the best concise answer i could give you kim is that uh, this week is a busy week, um, and we're front-loading it with the uh, with the effort here. So probably by Wednesday, uh, people will be uh, putting money in an escrow account. Okay, and uh, so I, I just want to just I, I say this on a regular basis that the. The other side is playing long ball, and because this would be subject to campaign finance uh, laws, quarter of a million dollars to raise in just a few days for a recount is really a, a big challenge. But if Polis wanted to um, fund a recount, he could just write his own check. And, and that's what we're seeing in these campaign finance rules here in Colorado and across the nation is is it really thwarts the little guy and it makes only rich people able to run for office and to control this process. And we need to make a change on that, uh, Ron Hanks. Yeah, it is a pay-to-play system. And, of course, the Colorado GOP uh, seems to be doubling down on that effort by questioning whether we ought to even have 
caucus and assembly, which is truly the grassroots uh, effort and and vector into the political process. Uh, the the state party found our caucus and assembly uh, a little difficult this last time, and so now um, there are the trial balloons of the useful idiots out there um, suggesting that we do away with it. And uh, I'd say that was pretty much long, long game as well, Kim. I think there's been a, an effort for a long while to uh, get the people out of it, get the establishment rhino types uh, um deciding for the party who the party shall be represented by and um, and the grassroots had better accept it and like it and uh, I think that's the fight we're going to have in this party going forward okay so what would you say to people that uh, uh, say to this group of candidates it's just sour grapes um, you know, just, you know, uh, it's time to move on. We need to get behind the candidates that are there. Uh, you Sore losers. You know, how would you respond to that? Well, it's our country, more to the point. Um, you know, I expected to see vote fraud in the generals in 2022. Um, what I expected, and I'm looking at it objectively as an intel analyst for all my career, um, I expected the MAGA candidates were, were going to be set up. They were in some states uh, and won. And then um, I kind of expected that trend. And at the end, uh, in November, there would be an effort to just uh, shellac all of them. And, and then, you know, the, the globalist, socialist uh, regime could, could make the case uh, – uh, you know, the era of MAGA and Trump is officially over. Progressive socialism starts today. Uh, but what ended up happening was they, um, in a couple of states, uh, aside from Colorado, um, the the establishment uh, candidate won, and um, it gave us more time to look at it. So I think what we have here, Kim, bottom line, is Colorado is one of the center points, centers of gravity for uh, manipulation, as is Arizona, as is Wisconsin, Georgia, Michigan. And uh, we use this evidence to um, make a very compelling case. There already is a compelling case. People like you know that. People like the lazy left-wing mainstream media don't uh, they they know it but they don't care um, but we continue to push the effort for the purpose of letting the public know it, it's a real interesting thing Kim that um, you know the majority of the Americans believe that there is uh, problems with our with our elections we have computer systems here that are built in China using foreign labor using parts off the shelf, overseas that are not secure in any national security sense of the word and uh you know we we, we've got a real problem here what could go wrong with that ron hanks so okay well keep us informed on this and that is coloradorecount.com 
And uh, it would be great if people would throw a little bit of money to each of these candidates there. You have to do them each separately. But Ron Hanks, thank you so much. We must have transparent elections. And if there are those that do not want trans, if, if there's nothing to, if there's nothing to see, then why a quarter of a million dollars to take a look at it? And um, and so I, I do appreciate you letting us know and uh, keep us informed. And time is of the essence to help out uh, our country, our, our state, to make sure that we have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections. And that is ColoradoRecount.com, ColoradoRecount.com, and click on Candidates. That'll bring that up, and you can just go to each of their websites and contribute. Ron Hanks, thank you so much. Kim, thank you very much. Appreciate your time today. Okay. We're going to go to break, and uh, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, hope and humor. And uh, Brad Beck is in studio. He's uh, written an excellent essay, Finding the Funny. Stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training, up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And in studio with me is my dear friend, uh, co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters. And um, you've written a, a great essay, Brad Beck. It's called Finding the Funny. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, 
you know, as you know, you were kind enough to attend the Liberty <laughs> Toastmasters North uh, roast of our 10-year anniversary. And uh, Terry Goon, who was a, was a president oh, at the time, Terry's a wonderful person, uh, decided to have a roast and celebrate the club. And she and the other members said, why don't we have a roast? And uh, Brad, you're going to be the uh, featured uh, roastee. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's first I'm honored that they would even spend the time mm -hmm. to do that. And then the presentations, one right after the other, were hysterical. I haven't laughed that hard. My wife was sat, sitting next to me. And on several of them, we recorded. And my goodness, I haven't laughed that hard forever. And if you can't laugh at yourself... You can't laugh at anything. And some of them were biting. Some of them were done when, you know, heartfelt. And it was just a lot of fun to be roasted. And you you have this robust laugh. And you were thoroughly enjoying yourself. And uh, and, and I saw the uh, sides of some of our fellow Liberty Toastmasters that I hadn't seen. Yeah. And it was really, it was it was good. It was, I think to your point, it was good to laugh. Absolutely. And laughing at yourself. I mean, what a better thing to laugh at of all somebody's idiosyncrasies and the way people observe you mm -hmm. and then report back. As I mentioned at the, uh, when I got up afterwards to thank everybody and did a little presentation, you know, when I die, I don't think it will be that funny. I mean, you know, it's, they said everything that could be said. All I could do is jump in the hole right now and the flowers were there. Well, I we're mean, not ready for you to do that. So, <laughs> But it, it was such an honor. And that got me thinking, you know, as a student of people and of observation and day to day, I mean, we need in, in Toastmasters, we start our meeting with a joke of the mm -hmm. day, a little bit of humor to get us laughing, to get us smiling, to get us in the right mood. Mm -hmm. And we need that. Everybody mm -hmm. needs that every day. And so you have to look and find the funny in everything you do, because it can lead to a smile, a laugh and get other people laughing. And so I put this little piece together to remind people we need to take time out of our day every day to find something that's humorous. It doesn't have to be a joke necessarily, although most of the jokes you can't say in, you know, other company. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's some funny stuff out there, and, and we need it. There's a comedy channel on radio that I listen to from time to time when I need to pick me up. Mm -hmm. It's a little vacation for your mind, and you need to smile and be able to do that. So mm -hmm. you, you don't get ground down by mm -hmm. the things that happen day to day. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that happen, whether it's in the news or something personal. I have a family member who is going through a cancer treatment right now. And, you know, it's depressing. But you try to find some humor somewhere in there to get the person thinking positively because it's a mental attitude. It's a mental uh, process that you have to go through when you have something mm -hmm. like that that affects you. So I, I looked at several things that have happened in my life and there's a lot of things that are are you know tragic and comedy and they're the same coin mm -hmm. and just different faces mm -hmm. and we've known that for years mm -hmm. well we are funny and uh, before we went on the air you know well I, I mentioned red skelton and uh, i think again it was because of my conversation with fred weiss i hadn't thought about red skelton for a long time so i i you know i, I searched for some of his skits and they're very clean. Oh, yeah. And very funny. The two seagulls, remember that? Yep, Gertrude and Heathcliff. Yeah. And just watching how his face, Red Skeleton's face and his body movement, and he would just intend to move a certain direction with the characters, and you were cracking up. Mm -hmm. And you you could just anticipate, and that's part of humor is the anticipation. But then the greater part of humor is surprise. 
you, right. you think people are going down a certain path and all of a sudden they turn, you know, and it's hysterical because you're not expecting okay. it. And comics and people who write well know this. It's not telling a joke, but it's surprising the audience to get them to find the funny in things. And so when you study the the greats, the Robin Williams, the Jonathan Winters, the Red Skeletons, mm-hmm. the Moms mm-hmm. Mabley, the Soupy Sales, mm-hmm. George Carlin. I mean, I think about all these people and even the, the, the guys that came before the Lenny Bruce's and study what they said and how they said it and how they use words. That is so brilliant to hear how they use our language and our language is being destroyed by calling certain people certain things and right. they're not and re- redefining words right redefining words um now you're from southern california i am and uh, i used to love uh, don't say it steve i know i'm gonna date myself johnny carson i was very young when i was watching johnny carson <laughs> don't you say a word <laughs> he's got his headphones yeah. on he's trying to think of something to say no i'm i'm going to honor for your request don't say a word <laughs> But um, do you remember, I mean, he was a classic, and he, he laughed, and he could laugh at himself, but do you remember this, the, it wasn't, well, I guess it was a skit with um, Ed Ames. Oh, yeah. Do you with remember the, that? With the tomahawk. With the tomahawk. Uh, absolutely hysterical. I had the good fortune of working at KNBC in college. I was a production intern, and when my local KNBC program was over, I got to hang out on the stage. Okay. So I wanted to be in sound, so I hung out with the sound guys that mixed the sound for the studio audience at the mm-hmm. time. And I knew some of the guys that did it, a guy named Dave Williams, who did it in, inside the booth for the uh, broadcast. But I would hang around with the lighting guys, and people like Rod D. Dangerfield would come in early and do their little practice Mm -hmm. skit, and they were hysterical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, they had the crew laughing. When you have the crew laughing, you're doing well. You're doing pretty darn good. And you would see this and observe it. And Mr. Carson was a fabulous man. I'll tell you a quick story. I was walking from the commissary to the studio, and there was at KNBC at the time, you had to go outside. And you walked across the, the, to the other side, and Mr. Carson pulled in. He had a little blue Mercedes, and his license plate said 360 Guy. And I looked at it, and I said, he got out of the car, and I said, Mr. Carson, I'm an intern here, and I've always been curious about your license plate. What does that mean? He said, 360 Guy, all-around guy. Mm-hmm. You know, just that sense of humor that was those observational things. And it, it was just a delight to be there and to, to interface and just get a chance to be around people who work hard and work at humor and work at entertaining people, mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know? It is a really hard thing to do. <clears throat> and um, the thing about comedy is it typically is on the cutting edge of society. And that's why I am encouraged as we start to see Dave Chappelle, who calls it like he sees it, and he gets a lot of heat for it. And then there's another guy, um, and the, the language many, many times is pretty, you know, pretty um, aggressive, right. aggressive, I would say. But I'm seeing a shift. And uh, somebody had sent to me um, a video of a guy, I wish I could remember his name, but it was uh, really about kind of questioning the pro-abortion narrative. And I thought this is where this is where we start to see things change, and I think we're starting to see people making fun of the Davos elites, 
and uh, I hope we're not too late. I mean, they, they've been working at this for quite some time. But uh, I'm, I'm encouraged with that, Brad. Well, you know, the comedians that I grew up with and you grew up with, they were on the edge. And so it was dirty language. It may have been subjects that were taboo at the time. Mm-hmm. The beautiful <clears throat> part about it is it stretched us to think a little bit differently, to laugh at ourselves, and to think about, you know, am I really for or against this issue? Especially, I think, in Lenny Bruce. He did mm-hmm. said some pretty incredible things at the time. I, I, ne- I wasn't ever really familiar with him. You know, and it was political humor. It was satire. And it was more of a, a, a thinking man's humor to some degree. If you go back and listen to the old records or YouTube, you can go on and hear some of the stuff. But they were pretty ahead of their time. And so even Dana Carvey the other day, I think he was on uh, one of the late night shows sub-hosting, and he was lambasting uh, President Biden. Well, we haven't seen that before. Right. So there's starting to be a pushback, which is good. Dave Chappelle saying what he ne- he has been saying. You know, if we can't take those little bits of American life and what we're facing day to day and laugh at it, we're in trouble. Yeah. And we've been in trouble when when people who are comedians who are long established won't go on college campuses and do their humor. I remember seeing George Carlin several times, and I actually got to interview him once. I mean, the guy was great. I asked him for his John Hancock. He said, no, you could have my Pete Rose. And he signed Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, just sharp-witted, using verbiage, using words, and got us engaged at laughing at ourselves. And we need to do more of that because, and especially when you're in a tense situation, it it cuts the ice, it gets people relaxing a little bit. My business guru, Jeffrey Gittimer, says that the end of humor is the height of laughing. People want to hear what's next. And and they do. They're, they're anticipating because they want to be more informed. They want to relax a little bit and then they're open to ideas they're open to thoughts and things that they may not have considered before Mm -hmm. interesting hey so brad beck let's go to break we're talking about your essay finding the funny before we do that though the nonprofit that i have adopted is the usmc memorial foundation and they are raising money to remodel the marine memorial out at sixth and colfax and it was dedicated in 1977 so it's time for a remodel but brad you mentioned um you know, all these different veteran stories that I've done. And I realize how important it is to uh, record these stories, to broadcast them, to archive them. And that is, uh, they'll be having the stories captured out there at the Marine Memorial as well. And we need to honor those that have given their lives or willing to give their lives so that we can sit here and laugh. And uh, so go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. Uh, you can contribute. You can buy a brick to honor your military service or um, one of your loved ones, and they'll have these different walkways with these brick walkways. And then, again, that's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Brad Beck. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. 
Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. In studio with me is my friend Brad Beck. He's a co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters. And Liberty Toastmasters... Uh, so many people have found their voices and found newfound confidence in Liberty Toastmasters. And I would highly recommend, if you are a candidate or considering being a candidate or helping a candidate, Liberty Toastmasters is very affordable, and it is a place where you can get better. And uh, for your roast, well, a couple of things. Um, Retired United States Air Force um, Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel, I think it is, um, Bill Rutledge has become a friend of mine. I met him. He lives up in northern Colorado, and uh, he's, uh, I think he's 93 or 94 years old now. I think he just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Colonel Rutledge. And uh, he was in in Toastmasters as a young man, and um, he had given me some cufflinks that had been presented to him back in the early 60s and they were Toastmasters cufflinks and he said I know that you will know the person to give them to and so at your roast you were the perfect person to receive those cufflinks and I know that it touched your heart and it touched your wife's heart as well. Oh yeah I was blown away by that it was such an honor and just to know that uh, Lieutenant Colonel's uh, uh, past and to have something from him was special and to have that passed along, I mean, I was just totally honored and blown away. I mean, it was a beautiful thing, and I thank you for those. The whole afternoon was just, um, it was a great memory, and I love it. I replayed in my head some of the videos I have from the folks that presented, and they were just hysterical. I mean, some of them took time to really do a over-the-top professional job of preparing and just in their own style roasting me and saying things to me that were just uh, uh, heartfelt and humorous and uh, just a a great opportunity to laugh. Well, and speaking of coming together and laughing, uh, we would really encourage people to uh, join us as guests. And the Liberty Toastmasters Denver meets down at Independence Institute the first and third Saturdays of each month. And Liberty North meets up in Longmont the second and fourth uh, Saturdays of each month. But we don't always agree. No, absolutely Uh, not. And the beautiful part about it, there are Toastmasters in every community, and I encourage anybody to find a Toastmasters club to practice 
oral communication and leadership skill development. It's a great organization. We have a secret sauce, and we theme our meetings. That's the secret sauce that is around the ideas of individual rights, the proper role of government, and how to be an active and engaged citizen, all based on the founders and the founding documents. And so we have an idea that we had come together with, and we have people from all political persuasions. This is just not a right-leaning group. We've had people that are left-leaning, that are centrists, that are objectivists, that are just free-market people that mm-hmm. like the idea, libertarians, Republicans, Democrats. And we get better by understanding the argument of the other side. And we never criticize the content during the meeting. We may not agree with it, Mm -hmm. but you're respectful, you listen, and then you try to help that other individual through an evaluation to improve on their uh, going forward and trying to be the best they can be. Now, when we go to lunch (laughs) afterwards, uh, the gloves are off. Uh, But during the meeting, there is a decorum. There is a a way of acting and being that I wish, quite frankly, we would have in the public arena today. And so you're there to, to honor and respect other people's desire to get better. You listen. You give them critique, feedback through the evaluation. And that evaluation is where we all grow. And so if somebody may have a different opinion, a different idea, that's fine. I would rather argue and debate and discuss rather than having the alternative, which is the balkanization that we're seeing in mm-hmm, our country mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. And that scares the heck out of me. I know. So public speaking and getting better at oral communication is so important. How your body relays a message, how your eyes, your your facial expressions, mm-hmm. how you in, in, interact and have a conversation or have conversational speech mm-hmm. with an audience. We have table topics, which you're doing this week with uh, a group of our colleagues. Right. That'll be Thursday morning. Yep. And Dave Walden, who is the new president of Liberty North, is going to be in studio. Absolutely. And, and he's a, brilliant. He's a brilliant thinker. So yes, I'm really, is. really excited about that. So we invite anybody to come either to Liberty North, which meets in Longmont, the second and fourth Saturday of the month from 10 to 12, or Liberty Denver, which meets the first and third from 10 to 12 at Independence Institute. And it's a great opportunity just to observe, come and see what what we do. If you like it, think about joining us. And people can get more information. They can go to Toastmasters and then just put in Liberty Toastmasters and they'll get information on that as well as we have the link on my website as Correct. well. Yeah. Uh, so they can check that out. We've got just a few minutes left and you wanted to, to share uh, something regarding this finding the funny. And you have a quote. Well, there was a, a British actor, a British Irish comedian named uh, Spike Milligan, and he wrote something years ago and I put it in the piece. Smiling is infectious. You can catch it like the flu. When someone smiled at me today, I started smiling too. I passed around the corner and someone saw my grin. And when he smiled, I realized I passed it on to him. I thought about that smile and then I realized its worth. A single smile just like mine could travel round the earth. So if you feel a smile begin, don't leave it undetected. Let's start an epidemic quick and get the world <laughs> infected. And I thought, how apropos. How appropriate for us. <laughs> yeah, if we wanted to have anything be infectious, I think it would be a smile. And it is interesting, Brad, the, when I walk out of the building here, this building is very diverse. Uh, you know, I'm putting that in air quotes because I'm so tired of this whole diverse thing. Diverse, divided. We need to unite and unite in our the fact that we are um, 
beings created by God, you know, this, this whole foundational idea of the American idea that we're created equal uh, by God with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, which is so wonderful to get get behind. And many times I won't even realize I'm smiling and I'll walk out the building and people from all, you know, different descriptors smile back. Absolutely. And so it's a great thing. So final thought, we've got about a minute. Well, if you don't think our creator has a sense of humor, look at a giraffe (laughs) (laughs) because they're funny creatures. But I I just think people need to be great students of observation, have a a smile on your face. It reflects back to other people. I have a little smiley ball on my desk and I look at that and it makes me smile when I pick up the phone for, for work. And we need to use our humor and our humanity and find what's in common rather than what's dividing us. And that's, I think, a, a challenge to all of us is find the funny in every day. Right. And it, it most certainly is there. And I'm encouraged uh, with, uh, with what is happening in comedy uh, because they are on the cutting edge. And uh, I don't find it funny just very quickly. The, the fact that um, Stephen Colbert's uh, production team was walking around the Capitol and uh, they didn't even get a slap on the wrist, so I don't find that funny. But it did make me think of a comedy, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged, Brad Beck. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, always a pleasure. Thanks, Kim. Okay, and uh, we will be rolling out Finding the Funny in our newsletter this Sunday, so be sure and sign up for that. And again, our quote for the end of the day is from Red Skelton. He said, television, the device that brings into your your living room characters you would never allow in your living room. (laughs) So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's never compassionate. Many times when um, those that want to take away your rights, they'll hide it uh, under compassion. It's compassion, compassionate for us to take your rights. Well, it's not. And uh, so it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunities, or their life via force, whether with a weapon, policy, unpredictable, and excessive taxation or fees. I'll add that in there, Steve. Fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos Globalist Elites Agenda. How about that? I need to add in fees, though, Steve. Remind me on that, okay? 
Oh, darn there. <laughs> Was that your arm? <laughs> no. <laughs> I hate that thing. Yes, uh, don't forget fees because that's the, that's your favorite alternative to the other three-letter word, tax. That's exactly right. And uh, yes, I think we need a little WD-40 on some of these microphone stands. That was not your neck or your, your arm, Steve. So, hey, um, it is great to have Brad Beck in studio. He was uh, our featured guest in our... One, and you're going to stay here? I love it when you do that. Well, I, I always am interested in what other people have to say, so I thought, well, I'll stick around and hear what our next guest will say. Well, that's great. And, and our featured guest will be Roger Hayes. He is uh, CEO of uh, Pasio HR, and uh, it really he has his pulse on what's happening in small to mid-sized businesses because his firm basically provides all that back office stuff for small to mid-sized businesses that, you know, as he says, you get into business and it's because you want to create a product or a service. And then there's all this regulation and fees and da 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 And so they specialize in, in helping you get through that. And we'll talk with Matt Dark with Roots Medical, which is another great new sponsor of the show. And uh, they're right on the uh, front line regarding COVID. And uh, so many people that have been vaccine injured are they're they, they're like am i crazy and he said they're starting a, a new thing called we believe you so we'll talk with him in just a little bit as well but because your essay that we featured uh finding the funny i thought okay we need to have a comedian and so red skelton is who i chose and he was an american entertainer best known for his national radio and television shows between 1937 and 1971 and he was the host of the red skelton show born in 1913 died in 1997 he said this. He said, I've put on a lot of weight. I only weighed six and a half pounds when I was born. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. A couple of uh, headlines here. Uh, which one do we want to go to? I think I'll go to this. This is from uh, fee.org, um, Foundation for Economic Education. And in fact, I'm going to have Lawrence Reed on next week, I think it is. He is the, I think the... President Emeritus of the Foundation of Economic Education, but he had written a, a piece regarding uh, the sh- the uh, guy that stopped that shooter up near Indianapolis. Was it last week? Yes. Young guy, uh, and was carrying a firearm as well, and really stopped. Uh, I think a lot of carnage because he he shot the the guy that was um, attacking everyone, and I think. The police chief or the mayor referred to him as a good Samaritan. And there was some young traffic anchor that said, oh, no way was he a good Samaritan, that um, good Samaritans don't kill people. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. And so Lawrence uh, actually had written an an essay uh, on that whole subject. He also has written a book, Was Jesus a Socialist? Uh, Anyway, I thought it would be great to get him on. He was traveling, so it'll be next week, and we'll talk about that piece. But... Pretty smart guy. I, I love Lawrence Reed, and I was actually in a, an event where he was uh, attacked verbally at uh, college campus, and it was an amazing experience. He had never had that in all the years that he had lectured. He was talking about "Are We Rome," which mm-hmm. is also a piece he wrote. And just a short story: uh, the students in the audience started yelling at him, saying that he was a liar. Uh, he was talking about ancient Rome and the roads, and how uh, the Romans had all this. 
architecture and things that made life better infrastructure, for people. Infrastructure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet over time, it degraded mm-hmm. internally, kind of mm-hmm. like what, what's happening now A little bit us. of that going around here, yeah. huh? And this kid got up and said, you're, Dr. Reed, you're, you're, I didn't even say Dr. Reed. He said, Larry, you're lying. And the kids started talking about the, uh, the uh, Aztecs having more roads. Well, Dr. Reed said, well, no, actually, you're, you're probably thinking of the Incas. They had more. They had a lot of roads, but not as many as the Romans. And this kid just kept on and on and on yelling at him. And I was like, I stood up. I was in the front row with the other adults, and the students were in the back of this auditorium. And I finally told the kid to shut up. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't come to hear him, I came to hear uh, Larry Reed, and they kicked the kid out. He came back in, and then at the Q and A, they started just screaming and yelling at him again. I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Mm-hmm. You're trying to shut his voice and down. They were shutting his voice down. Luckily, how long ago was it? Oh, probably five, seven years ago at CU mm-hmm. uh, Denver, and he wrote a piece. He asked if I he could quote me. I said yes. Just don't use the one word I told the kid not to. <laughs> 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 Wasn't appropriate expl- expletive. But I was just shocked, and nobody else was doing anything. I was like, "This is not right." And yeah, this is not okay. So somebody's got to say something, and I did. And you know, the kid kind of was shocked that somebody would challenge shoot him. back and mm-hmm. challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was amazed that these students weren't there to listen and debate, you know, cogently. They were there to shut somebody down. It was a shame. Mm-hmm. I not had a only, lot of respect for Not only was the kids, would you say, shocked that somebody, he was depending on that, the fact that nobody would right. push right. back. Right. So, right. Yes. Right. And I tend to pushback. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. And so anyway, the headline before we get over here to uh, Matt Dark says, natural immunity offered more protection against Omicron than three vaccine doses from the New England Journal of Medicine study finds. So actually, that's perfect to ask Matt Dark with Roots Medical about that. Matt, happy Monday. Excellent to be here. Happy Monday to you too, Kim, and the team there at the show. Uh, so uh, what do you think about this headline? Natural immunity offered more protection against Omicron than three vaccine doses from the New England Journal of Medicine. Well, it's about time is what I, I think, Matt. Yeah, yeah. It speaks to and confirms that natural immunity has always and will always be superior than any of these new age man-made vaccines. The studies, the research that we live in and, and go by the increase in vaccines simply increases your probability for getting COVID-19 or Chinese-19, as well as having a larger or harder challenge with that recovery. So that speaks to the same point we've been giving patients for, for a year and a half now. This vaccine is not su- suitable for human consumption. And um, particularly, I would uh, be very cautious about uh, parents giving this to their children. So we're active right now. Uh, we are active with our team. We are calling around the state. We want to find offices that are currently recommending or administering vaccines to six months and be up and up, because we're coming after those healthcare providers uh, via the state. We encourage, and if you need any assistance doing this, reach out to rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Um, in a way that you can connect with DORA, the regulatory agency, it's the most despicable, unbelievable campaign ever, vaccinating a six-month-old. And we've already seen, Kim, how they've changed um, you know, the SIDS uh, updates on protocols, sleeping positions for children. They are anticipating a lot of dead infants as a result of this. It's sickening, horrifying, and it simply won't stand for it. So we are uh, trying to rally the state 
against this attack on children, and then meanwhile supporting all vaccine injured, um, the ones that have not been unfortunately uh, killed or beyond sort of repair, um, getting the vaccine. Well, and Matt, people, I mean, you really want to get to the root of people's... Now, as a representative of a medical health care provider's office, never, ever, any person living take that vaccine. Period. End of story. I... I, I, I'm a little speech. I mean, you've never been quite this forceful, Matt. I'm. Uh, I know that you're extremely I'm concerned. I'm very concerned, and here's where I'm coming with this, Kim. Is that you have right behind the vaccine rollout? What do you have behind it? The use of small smallpox vaccines for this monkeypox. Uh, Thing that's coming up now we want to give our listeners a plan of action with monkeypox we know we're we have active treatment for covid19 and you don't need a vaccine that one we feel comfortable get a hold of rootsmedical.net colorado Healthcare providers for freedom or flccc.net to find a provider for early care monkeypox even simpler the purple pitcher plant or saracenia purpurea is a common cheap house plant that has uh, there's a 2012 study highly effective in uh, stopping and preventing any serious illness from um, small po- from monkeypox, you would buy this. It's a 6 $7 item. You'd have it in your cupboard. Um, it, it's slow. We will carry this eventually. It's a tougher one to get. There's no money in a product like this. It's 2 3 4 bucks a bottle, Kim. But it's this is how they use this for uh, smallpox in countries, monkeypox in countries where this is more rampant. Our concern here is that this monkeypox has been uh, altered, manipulated, and dispersed, knowing that Democrats can never win another election without exclusive mail-in ballots. I'm totally convinced of that, like the sun rising in the east. And so we want people to have no fear, plan of action, and that you can get this, you know, simple little product for nothing, and you would never consider a smallpox vaccine for a monkeypox uh, illness. Okay, um, Matt, what is that called again? Well, I think for people, it's the easiest way. Purple pitcher plant, but the actual Saracena purpea, per purpea. So it's P-U-R-P-U-R-E-A. But okay. if, you, if you look up purple pitcher plant, that's where it's coming from. And then the name of that specific ingredient. And if, and if you want, Kim, I'll get you some info for your Do. website. Listeners can email because that's a product. Go get it now because it could take three or four weeks to get to you. And again, this is not to face the alarm. This is to put relief into your household that, great, if this happens, and it spreads much differently. Let's be very, very clear. Okay. It spreads much more um, HIV style than you're going to see it with COVID-19. So you're protected. But give yourself that $5 piece of comfort in your cupboard, and you let this show go on, but you're not participating in it. That's our guidance to every living okay. soul. Okay. Text me that, Matt Dark. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we need to stay on this for sure. And uh, rootsmedical.net, rootsmedical.net, or also Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom um, is uh, where you can find them. But, Matt Dark, thank you so much. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about with you. So thank you. We're going to go to break, though. When we come back, Roger Hayes is on the line. We want to talk about the business climate uh, for small to mid-sized business here in Colorado. He is an expert on that. He is the CEO of Pasio HR. We'll be right back. 
The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I see that the lines are just lighting up like crazy. Uh, 747 is when we, well, the fourth segment, I realize that um, this is also replayed later, but um, is when we'll take call-ins 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. On the line with me is Roger Hayes. He is the CEO of Pasio HR, a great sponsor of the show, and he is an expert on what is happening uh, in uh, with small to mid-sized businesses here in Colorado. So during the break, uh, Brad just had a comment. And so first of all, welcome, Roger. I want to say thank you for being here. Good morning. Thanks, Kim. Good to talk to you. It's good to talk with you. And Brad had a comment, uh, and I thought it was a great, great place to start. So Brad, Brad Beck. Well, good morning, Roger. Uh, good to talk with you this morning. My question is, you know, I, I've been in business now for 40 years, a small businessman. Uh, I've been an independent uh, manufacturer's rep and worked uh, for a company as a sales manager and now back to uh, repping. And I am just amazed at the amount of regulation and paperwork uh, that has gone on and seeing the, the, the just explosion of it for small businesses and especially uh, everything and anything having to be put into an employee handbook, all the thou shall nots and things you can and can't do. And I'm just uh, curious of your comment on how that has uh, exploded, and especially in the last few years. It's absolutely out of control, and most you know most people don't start a business to get into the you know, compliance industry. But the minute you open your doors and hire an employee, that's exactly what you're doing, and you spend a good eighty percent of your life as a business owner um, trying to stay in compliance, not with just federal laws, because there's a ton of those as well between the Obama administration and now with with the Biden administration, just in the last decade and a half. But the state of Colorado has done everything they can to catch up and surpass the state of California in regulations. Mm. It is just insane how much stuff is out there. I mean, you mentioned employee handbooks. Employee handbooks used to be, you know, maximum of about 10 pages. You'd cover everything that needed to be covered. And most of it was what your internal rules were, you know, your dress code, what time people had to show up, um, you know, how to, how to behave, those kind of things. Um, we just did a handbook for a client, and it's it's now in excess of 60 pages wow. Wow. in order to cover all the federal and state regulations. 
So imagine being a brand new employee and somebody hands you this, you know, smaller version of War and Peace and says, you have to read this, <laughs> understand it, and you have to agree to the terms within or you can't be employed here. And, you know, you got to hire a lawyer just about to go through the whole thing and figure out what the heck you're reading. Right. But, but isn't it also partly because employers are trying to cover their, their rear ends? And that's why they have to have such a long hemp book as well, right? To a large degree, but, you know, the majority of the stuff that's in the handbook now is mandated. You have to have it in there, right? You have to now in Colorado explain that you can't prevent employees from discussing their salaries or their wages, um, their vacation time. Employees are allowed to have those conversations. The big thing that just hit for employers in Colorado is you can no longer add a non-disclosure or a non-competition document into your handbook if your employees make less than $105,000 a year. Doesn't matter what their job title is or what their what you know kind of corporate secrets they're exposed to. If you're paying them less than 100,000, um, they can discuss your proprietary information with anybody they want anytime. Nothing and that, you can do about it. And what is so remarkable, Roger, is that is a law that was passed by this legislature, which means the governor either signed it or he didn't sign it, but let it just become law. He didn't veto it. So uh, did this governor sign exactly. that? Exactly. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember, to be honest, if he signed it. I, yeah, we knew it was going to become law either way because he had basically let it be known that um, you know he was either going to ink the thing or he was just going to let it go anyway. But he, he definitely didn't step up and say, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous, and veto it. He went ahead mm-hmm. and let it happen, so. How libertarian of him. Quick to see if he signed that. <laughs> Did you hear my little snarky? Yeah, How generous. libertarian of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very generous on his part, right? So let's just think about this. And I, uh, Roger, I as I've been out and about, I talked to so many business owners that, in fact, I talked to an owner of a restaurant the other day that said that they have to close two days a week because they cannot find employees. So when people say, are we headed to a recession? Here, because of, of public policy, people are not working. I mean, where is where are all the workers? I can't figure it out. But but basically, he is shutting his business down for two days a week because he can't find people. Just think how that affects his bottom line, Roger. Oh, absolutely, right? Especially in businesses like restaurants, things like that, where you know, you're usually open from 10 or 11 a.m. until midnight, seven days a week. Sometimes, you know, later on the weekends and uh, all of a sudden you can't find enough staff to wait your tables or cook your food and now you have to close. And um, competitively, that's difficult. But it just it gets almost insane if you think about it. Now, I will say this much, and I'm, I'm kind of being sarcastic here just so you don't miss what I'm about to say. <laughs> the um, recession that we're in, regardless of what our president says, we are definitely smack dab in the middle of a financial crisis may actually help people like him get some of his employees back. Um, And I say that because a lot of these folks, you're asking where they're at, they're up in the mountains mountain biking and uh, taking it easy because they realize during the uh, shutdown from 2020 to 2022 that they can survive on less money than they thought they could. And um, they realize they can get help from the feds or the state and they can survive on those benefits that they're getting. But the problem they're having now is with gas prices rising and with other costs going up quickly, 
the state hasn't changed how much money they pay out for unemployment or any of the other assistance programs. Those dollars are pretty much still the same. That money is not going nearly as far. And if you're spending all your time up in the mountains um, with your Jeep running around or mountain biking or whatever it is you like to do, the cost of doing that has skyrocketed. And all of a sudden you realize you might need to go back to work, get a job because you need more money than the state of the feds are actually giving you. So there may be a little bit of, of, of a silver lining in the recession for some folks because they might get some of their employees back. But for the rest of us, it's just definitely not a good option, is it? So, Roger, question. Uh, during the COVID-19 China virus shutdown, uh, I have heard that, well, remember, uh, again, Polis. Uh, he, and sometimes it wasn't that he made the decision. He had his, his, uh, uh, his minions do that, and that would be, you know, his um, bureaucrats in all these different alphabet uh, bureaucracies, uh, the administrative state. But I heard that, uh, again, remember, they, they said some businesses were essential, some weren't. Um, how did we ever let that happen in America? But I heard that 600,000 businesses that shut down in Colorado are not coming back. Is that true? I don't know if that number is accurate. I've heard the same number. I don't have, um, you know, I don't have an honest, guaranteed number that that's accurate. I know it's been a huge number. And businesses continue to close because of that, um, even today, there's still leftover um, issues, right? They can't find enough workers or or the system has um, failed them. Because keep in mind, a lot of folks have have left. You know, they're staying home. They're not coming back. So when you look at, com- you know, businesses like um, corporate property management or even the businesses that are around some of our um, business districts, right? their customer population has dropped significantly because these folks are now working from home. And we forget about barbers or chiropractors downtown who had set up shop close to, you know, some of these really large businesses. And a lot of those employees that would come to work, eight to five, nine to six, whatever they work, they would frequent those businesses. You get your hair cut close by the office because you're right there, do it over lunch hour, whatever. Well, if you're staying up in Thornton, not not coming to work anymore, and you're working from home, the customer base for those businesses has dried up. It's not coming back. So even though they might have gotten some financial help during the COVID crisis, um, their customer base hasn't returned, and now they're starting to fail, and now they're starting to shut down. So um, we're still seeing serious uh, ramifications for it. Well, I wouldn't and- be surprised if the number's accurate, because it... It's probably pretty darn close. Okay. And the other thing, Roger, is that um, crime is in, in Denver has um, been skyrocketing. And, in fact, several months ago we had reported there was an HVAC company that said they were no longer going to be doing any work in uh, uh, downtown Denver because of the crime. Right. That, and that's another reason for people to leave, right? Um, businesses end up closing down because – I'll be honest, I used to go downtown a lot. There's a pizza establishment down on the 16th Street Mall that I absolutely love, and I would drag the family down there, and um, we'd have pizza on on a Friday night. I won't take my kids down there anymore. Um, You know, if I choose to go down there myself, that's one thing. But I'm not dragging my children down just because some of the stuff going on down there. The things that you see and smell are just not uh, very pleasant anymore. And the risks have gone way up. I'm not the only person that does that. I, I have a lot of people that I know that 
don't want to go downtown, don't want to, they don't want to go to the symphonies anymore. They don't want to go to the bars or the theaters or anything like that. So now once again, you know, you've got businesses that are struggling because their client base has dried up because nobody wants to go downtown due to the risk. And it doesn't appear that anybody seems to really want to fix that problem anytime soon. So it just exacerbates the COVID issues. Um, and it's just kind of like they keep piling it on, right? Right. Well, it is rather remarkable. And uh, so, Brad, I'm going to throw this over to you. you. You know, one of the things that I think is government's um, job is to make sure that um, we have safe communities. And I, I caution using that, though, because we have seen under the guise of safe, keeping people safe with the whole China virus COVID you know, mandates, that's a different kind of safe. I'm talking about where people are assured that they can, you know, walk around and not be attacked, that their businesses, they're not going to have people out in front uh, defecating, running cu- uh, customers away. That's what I'm talking about. What's your thoughts on that, Brad? Well, I have a friend who works downtown, who's a lawyer, and he walked out of his business and got stabbed. And in Denver? In Denver, yeah. And, you know, so where are the police, where are the people who are, uh, supposed to, you know, work for and look at public safety. And when you have people off the 16th Street Mall doing what they do, mm-hmm. uh, you just don't go down there, like Roger says. And, and that has an impact on small business, especially small businesses, restaurants and services. And it makes you think twice before you do go down there. Are there other opportunities to go someplace locally? else? Yeah. Right. So a community that that makes sure that they have safe communities People are going to go to those businesses. I'm talking with Roger Hayes. He is um, the CEO of Paseo HR, and we're talking about the business climate for small to mid-sized businesses, which they are, that is the engine of our American economy. And Brad Beck has stayed in studio. He is a co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters, and his essay that we'll roll out this weekend, Finding the Funny, will be in our newsletter. Uh, we're going to go to break, uh, so stay tuned. And all of you who were calling in, and call in starting at, at 747-303-477-5600, We will be right back with Roger Hayes and Brad Beck. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, in studio with me is Brad Beck. He's co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters, great sponsor of the show. And Liberty Toastmasters Day will be this Thursday. Can't wait to hear. And the subject is um, Ben Franklin's quote, a republic, if if we can keep it. Uh, So uh, Roger Hayes is on the line. He is an expert regarding uh, small to mid-sized businesses. He is also a great sponsor of the show. He's the CEO of Pasio HR. And uh, Roger, um, well, first of all, before we get to the question, please explain to our listeners exactly what Pasio HR can do for people. So we are what's called a professional employer organization, and it's a human resource outsourcing. And we contract with small and mid-sized businesses to help them with some of the things we've been discussing already, compliance, um, keeping them abreast of changes, helping them stay um, on the good side of the state and the local governments and the federal government because the compliance issues, the paperwork is just, as Brad mentioned, it has increased greatly over the years and it's really hard for a small business owner to handle all this by themselves. Um, we do it at a, at a pretty good um, price point. Um, it's a lot cheaper than having to hire um, employees, pay benefits and taxes. We can help them out with that. Um, we also manage their HR issues, handbooks, job descriptions, helping them hire, helping them uh, manage and terminate if necessary. Um, benefits administration, you know, health insurance, dental vision, we help them um, get better programs than they could usually get um, on their own, especially for a smaller business. And then risk management, so workers' compensation, helping employees if they're injured, uh, making sure they're taken care of, they get medical attention, and um, then getting them back to work um, quickly, making sure that it doesn't exacerbate their injuries or things like that. So those are the main things that we help businesses with. Um, and they, so when we contract with them, um, we help them and take that all over so that they can kind of focus on what it is they started their business for. They go back to running their business and not having to deal with quite so much garbage. Well, I'd like to get rid of a bunch of that garbage, Roger. But uh, so and while, it's, while it's there, uh, Pasio HR is the place to help. Um, Brad had a question for you, Roger. Roger, I, I read in uh, the paper on uh, Sunday, I think it was, that there was an article in the Epoch Times that Americans are likely to start being tracked for their CO2 emissions 
under SEC new climate rules. And as the article explains, that businesses are now going to be required to um, report upstream and downstream what their impact is on uh, getting materials in, getting shipping materials out, uh, employers buying materials, let's say office supplies, and keeping track so there's a carbon footprint. Unbelievable. And the article goes on to talking about ESGs, the uh, environment, uh, social, and governance issues. And it, it seems like Big Brother is requiring more and more watching over especially small businesses. Uh, I was wondering if, one, you'd like to comment on that, and two, any thoughts on it? Well, my first thought is it's ridiculous. <laughs> I agree. Borders on obscene, right? Yeah. Pretty, I mean, it's kind of an obvious thought, I would hope. But uh, that has been talked about for a while, um, and it's just another opportunity for the government to dig a little bit deeper into our into our lives and get a little bit more control over us. Um, doesn't surprise me at all. I haven't read the article, but I have heard discussion for a number of years that this is where the the left goes. The one thing I will say to both of you, and I know you already understand this, but I would emphasize it, is this is a great example in where your vote actually matters, right? Um, it, it, depending on how you cast your ballot, there are consequences to that decision. And this is a great example when you continue to vote for folks like Joe Biden, these are the kind of things he brings along with him, and he thinks are brilliant ideas. And these are the things that consumers don't understand why all of a sudden their prices go up at their favorite restaurant or their gas station. And um, the cost to comply with something like that will become astronomical. Can you imagine having to fill out paperwork throughout the year, whether it's on a quarterly or an annual basis, explaining to the government how many reams of paper you purchase so they can calculate how many trees you're responsible for killing and what your carbon footprint is when you do business with your vendors or your customers. Um, business owners are going to be sitting at their desk 24 hours a day trying to fill this stuff out. And that requires them to hire more people. When they hire more people, they start charging you more money because they've got to come up with those salary dollars somewhere. And that's always been one of the things that is, I've struggled with for 30 plus years in this industry, um, you know, just being a business person or a manager, is that consumers don't understand, um, and I've had this argument with legislators a number of times, small business owners don't just manufacture money in their basement. For one, it's illegal, but two, it's not <laughs> easy to do either, right? So they don't just make it up as they go. They have to get it from somewhere. And it comes from their customers. The customer gives them money. They then give their employees money. The employees go out and spend the money in other businesses. It, it all flows through the system. And when somebody steps in and all of a sudden starts adding compliance, um, like we've done in the state of Colorado, here we've got two huge programs coming up with this family program and the new retirement savings program that are both going to start on January 1st. It costs money to comply with those rules. You have to hire additional employees because most businesses don't have an employee sitting around with nothing to do, just waiting for the state to come up with really cool, intense ideas. They've got to go out and hire somebody, and that's a cost they have to incur. And that cost usually gets passed on to the consumer. And so it just boggles my mind when people get upset because people are raising their prices left and right. Well, they don't have a choice. It's either that or they go out of business. So. Um, 
your vote matters. You know, who you cast your ballot for. If you don't like these kind of things, uh, you don't like your taxes going up, you don't like your costs going up at the restaurant, stop voting for the people who love raising these things. Well, and uh, that is why we do the show, is, is to help people connect the dots. Uh, and of course, you and I, Roger, Brad, we think about this stuff all the time. We know that when we look at the price at the gas pump, that it is directly because of public policy. When we look at uh, the housing supply, uh, there's such an assault on home ownership, which we talk with Karen Levine on a regular basis on that. And uh, after spending four years on city council, I realized it's because of public policy. Small businesses. Uh, it's very difficult to, um, to, to do business, small to mid-sized businesses, because of all this. And, uh, and again, it's because of public policy. And so that's, to your point, and who makes public policy? It's your politicians, your bureaucrats, and your interested parties. And so that's something that I continue to work to, dr- to try to drive home, Roger. Politicians are the, uh, you know, the beginning source of all of these nightmares, because it's your politicians, your governor Jared Polis's, who hire the bureaucrats, right? Um, and then the bureaucrats get in and they stay in there for years and years because there's so many of them. Most politicians, presidents, governors, they don't change them over very often, so they stay in place for a long time. But they're the ones that pick those folks, right? That's who hires the head of the Department of Labor or the head of. Uh, economic development or whatever the office may be, those are cho- those people are elected or chosen. They're not elected by the people. They're chosen and hired by the governor or the governor's staff. So, you know, the governor's staff is selected by that politician. Those folks have an enormous amount of clout and power. Oh, they, they do. They pick people that we never get a chance to vote on. They put them in place, and then those people have an enormous amount of control and power over our lives, our businesses, our tax rates, things like that. So... It's, it all comes down to when you're standing in that polling booth and you've got to make a decision on which person you want, um, depending on which direction you go, it's going to have ramifications. Well, and, and, that, um, and to that point, that's why we must assure ourselves that we have free, fair, honest, and transparent elections as well. Uh, because um, I, think th- I think that Abraham Lincoln said that the ballot is more powerful than the bullet. And, and what that means is it's just what you're saying is, is um, they put in place these people that have control over almost every aspect of our life. And we need to be limiting government, Roger Hayes. So Roger Hayes, Passio HR, first of all, thank you. What's your final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? I think we just covered it. That, you know, that was my biggest thing is we've got um, we've got elections coming up in November and for a multitude of offices. And I, I, as a business person, um, it, it becomes very stressful when people just go to the ballot box and they vote on a single issue or they vote because somebody somebody has upset them with their mean tweets or something like that. It's, Voting is not necessarily just based all on emotion. You've got to have some reason and some thought behind it. And just make sure that you think these things through. Because once you cast that ballot and the person you voted for wins um, or they don't win, it's going to affect every single aspect of your life, whether it's sitting at your desk for eight hours a day filling out paperwork on your carbon footprint for the um, government or whether it's the fact that you don't have a job because you've been laid off because your company's lost its customers based on decisions that politicians have made. So that would be my one thought is um, think long and hard about how you vote and 
how is it going to impact you down the road and make sure you make the right decisions. Well, Roger Hayes, CEO of Pasio HR, that's P-A-S-S-I-O-H-R. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for your partnership as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. And uh, you guys and Brad, have a good weekend. Thanks. You guys take care. Okay. Thanks so much, Roger. And before we go to break, the uh, nonprofit that I've adopted is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And they are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at uh, Six and Colfax. And if you want to help them out, uh, which would be a great thing to do, go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org and you can contribute right there. We'll be right back. Brad Beck's going to be in studio. I want to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, what do you know about informed consent? The principle is a cornerstone in medicine and applies to nearly all medical treatments, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risk, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Sadly, two-thirds of patients report not being given sufficient information about the treatment and even report feeling pressured to give consent. Informed consent, it's not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at this issue through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, lines were lighting up when we were talking with Matt Dark from Roots Medical. Give us a call, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. And um, Brad Beck, a couple of things here. Uh, just got a text message uh, from one of our listeners, and she said she went to Roots last week because of us. She said she hadn't had a regular doctor for several years because she didn't trust most of them. And uh, she said it was a great experience. That's awesome. So that's just great. And, again, that's Roots Medical. And then this uh, uh, plant that he mentioned is called Saracenia purpurea. So it's S-A-R-R-A-C-E-N-I-A-P-U-R-P-U-R-E-A regarding this monkeypox, which, boy, you can see from the headlines, they're, they're really going to want to try to scare us with that one. Yeah, exactly. Well, as my article talked about using humor as things happen, I'm reminded of uh, Benjamin Franklin, who said, trouble knocked at the door, but hearing laughter hurried away. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to start making fun of them now. Yes. And I'd love to see a flurry of memes and comedians talking about it because the humor will soften any of the fear 
that they're ready to throw at us mm-hmm. again. And that is where they have the control is the fear, the fear of the unknown. And fear is such a, a strong emotion. And uh, uh, this, this movement towards groupthink, I mean, I never thought that it would be a sign of courage, that you'd have to have courage to walk into a grocery store without a, ma- a mask on. Yeah. I mean, I never, but I can, I can remember what it felt like as I was walking into these different businesses. And there was a couple of times I went into a bookstore and uh, uh, they asked where, where my mask was. And I said, um, it's in my purse. Or they said, do you have a mask? I said, yes. <laughs> it's in your purse. <laughs> and uh, they said, well, we can give you a, a mask. And I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to wear it. They said, well, in that case, we could give you, give you a plastic shield. And I said, I'm not going to wear that either. And I think, I think I'm just going to turn around and walk out. So I just made a U-turn. Uh, Steve, you, uh, you're... <laughs> I guess you know, we are a common bond here in terms of the, the rebel in us. I went recently went for an eye exam and I walked in and as I was turning towards the reception area, everyone has a mask. And I thought, okay, I'm going to ignore them. And I got up there and said, uh, sir, do you have a mask? And I said, no. Oh, don't worry. We don't have one. And I looked at them and they said, we don't have cold. one or we do uh, have one. Don't worry. We have one. Oh, and okay, I was thinking, it. I was wanting to communicate. That is not the point. But I <laughs> yeah. thought, no, this is not the place to give anybody a lecture. So I... Yeah. You know, I, I gave know. in. I know, I know. Well, in San Diego, they're starting in L.A. City school systems are going to enforce mask mandates for children again. And my question is, why aren't the parents saying, well, then my kid's not going to the government school? Right. And I think more and more are. Yeah. Uh, as, as we're looking at uh, enrollment numbers, uh, when we were talking about Jen Gibbons' piece regarding the, the power that the teachers' unions have had over curriculum, over our schools... I think that that is one of the silver linings to the COVID-19 China virus is that parents saw with their kids being at home, they saw what the curriculum is and uh, the numbers of uh, people pulling themselves, their children out of the government run public schools has been pretty significant. Well, imagine if parents took the power back from the unions, the teachers unions, and once a week their kids didn't go to school. That money that follows the student for those schools, they would think twice because all of a sudden there's not that money coming in. And, of course, they're going to start saying, well, the parent is, you know, purposely being truant with their children and may try to force some legal action. Well, I think parents who finally will wake up will say, you know what, no, you can't because I'm taking my kid to a, on a field trip or I'm taking someplace that I find a value and what you're teaching them on the sexual sexualization of, of kids and all the things that are happening now that are not going to help them get a job and be uh, successful in life by reading and writing and learning math. Uh, you know, it's just amazing to me that more and more parents aren't speaking out louder. It's their kids, not the government's kids. Okay, and when you mention this, uh, well, okay, interesting. I just I saw something go through, just uh, a headline yesterday, but it's not new. This was October seventeenth, twenty twenty. Uh, it was passed in two thousand eleven. It says that uh, the story behind Kamala Harris's truancy program. Uh, I'm a little concerned if uh, they're starting to talk about truancy regarding our, our kids. I mean, our kids are falling behind. Um, as uh, Jen had noticed or noted in her op-ed, 
less than half of the kids in Cherry Creek School District and less than half the kids in Colorado are proficient in math and um, reading. And so why would you then have to be forced to send your kids to those schools? I'm a little concerned about that, Brad. Yeah, well, you know, school is a wonderful thing. And public school in particular, when we grew up, was a wonderful thing. You got a good education. And you got the ability to interact with your peers. And, and it was just a fabulous under you know, mm-hmm. uh, thing that America brought to uh, students. It has changed so radically that we have to push back. And one of the ways you push back is find an alternative. Exactly, exactly. See, hey, we have Ann in Denver on the line. Ann in Denver, what's on your radar? I, want, I urge people to go to Colorado Recount. Dot com. Isn't it, isn't it coloradorecount.com? I think it is. I think okay. that's right. Okay. Because uh, today and tomorrow is our opportunity to um, help the effort to have um, confirmation that the black box machines that we use, called Dominion voting machines, um, are actually uh, 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 counting our ballots correctly. We've got the evidence that says it's not counting correctly. So we want to have, we need people to donate um, to come up with the amount of funds that we have standing in to have the court hear the um, requirement to change um, the, the system that we've got going because I don't think um, it works. So if you go to Tina Peters for Colorado.com and you spell that out with all the words, Tina Peters for Colorado.com, there are three reports that prove just in one county in, in Grand Junction, which is Mesa County, Colorado, um, that there were horrific uh, breaches in the, in the laws that Dominion didn't even follow. So we make we have to make sure our our leaders are elected lawfully. We really can't certify these elections because they are black box systems that are programmed, and the program can evaporate, so you can't even find it. So we need to go back to hand counted paper ballots per precinct. So I urge people to go to Colorado Recounts. Dot com and make a donation, whatever you can make, um, so that we can have the money. I, I really think that this is extortion. The law is written so that it makes it nearly um, insurmountable to be able to call these uh, results into question, but they're really not certifiable uh, election, election results from the primary we just had on June 28th. Okay. And in Denver, thank you so much. And again, that's ColoradoRecount.com, ColoradoRecount.com. And uh, you, uh, each of the candidates, in order to get a recount, you have to contribute to each of those candidates. And in, and in Denver, thank you. Brad Beck, it's always great to have you in studio. Thanks for staying. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a great day. And um, uh, again, our, our quote for the end of the show is because of your um, essay on finding the funny. I thought I would have something from Red Skelton, and he said this. He said, television, the device that brings into your living room characters you would never allow in your living room. And it's kind of like true that, huh? <laughs> yes. Okay. So my friends today, be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>